Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 71? Never let me be shamed. This is a psalm obviously written by an older man who is sensing the burdens of older age. Many think that David wrote the psalm, it's possible. It certainly was, if not David, it was one of the musical Levites, as we'll see in the course of the psalm. And this is a great prayer. When a, an older person is reflecting on his, on his life, and this particular psalmist makes four affirmations about the Lord in this psalm, and so let's just look at them. The first one is this, Yahweh helps me now. Now this is, just stay with the English words here. I, I used a different computer and it came out funny. Uh, but it's okay. In you, Yahweh, have I taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. He has committed his life, his trust, his hope in Yahweh. And there he rests. And regardless of what may happen to him in life, he believes that God will never let him be turned over to shame. Verse two, with your charity, with your love, with your charity, with your loving kindness, you shall save me and rescue me. Extend your ear to me and save me. All along life's journey. Individuals encounter troubles. They're coming. They'll be there. It's just, it's, it's just part of the human experience. We have troubles. We have valley experiences and we have mountaintop experiences. We have victories and we have defeats. In the lives of believers, those valley experiences and those defeats serve to strengthen us in our faith as we observe how what in what appeared to be a seemingly hopeless situation, Yahweh carries us through and brings us out on the other side. And the experience of life is that you can ride that high wave that you can be on that mountaintop for a while and it's wonderful. But the next valley, the next test of faith is stronger, lower, harder, more difficult. But then the next mountaintop is even higher than the one before. So it's the, it's the, it's the process of strengthening our lives, our faith, our hope, uh, 
in Yahweh, that he will indeed rescue us regardless of what's happening. He will rescue us. He will hear us and he will save us. This has been the experience of this older man. Verse three, be for me a sheltering rock in which to enter continually. You commanded others to save me because you are my rock and my fortress. Now this language sounds like David. David, for much of his life, was on the run. He had enemies who were trying to kill him, who were trying to prevent him from being the king, and then later who were trying to steal the throne from him and having grown up the way that he grew up and then having run from Saul for so long, living in the wilderness, he understood how to hide and where to go. So maybe this is David writing the Psalm and he says what he has said in so many other Psalms when he was in such trouble. You are a rock who shelters me and I can enter into that shelter continually. You commanded others to save me because you are my rock and my fortress. One thing that a believer experiences in his life and especially in those experiences that are unpleasant is that Yahweh can raise others up to deliver us, to help us. And they can be seen as the ones who lead us to the rock and the fortress who aid us in such a way. We, we for so long have studied the life of David and surely you can recall in some of those scriptures that we've looked at over the last several months, people who were, who were raised up by the Lord who were just in the right place at the right time to help David in an escape or to strengthen him when he appeared to be weak uh, or, or to, to be utilized as a deliverer to deliver David even from the hands of his deadliest enemies. If it's David or if it's one of those musicians, the Levitical musicians of the temple, it is still yet a person who understands deliverance a person who understands the dependability of Yahweh, of God, that he is a righteous God and that he assumes in his loving kindness, his covenant love to his people, he, he assumes the responsibility of taking care of us, of delivering us, of placing us where we need to be so that we can be sheltered. Verse four. Elohe, my God, Elohe, rescue me from the hands of the wicked, from the palm of him who treats unjustly and who robs. That stands, of course, on the other things about which the psalmist has cried out to be rescued, to be delivered from those who are wicked from those who are unjust. Again, verse four would remind us of the plight of David 
on at least three occasions in his life. Second affirmation by the psalmist is this. Yahweh helped me in the past. One of the greatest encouragements for any believer is to count his blessings. To think about how God has delivered him from past experiences that uh, were not pleasant, that perhaps were even dangerous. You are my hope, Lord God, Adonai Yahweh, my trust since my youth. I relied on you from birth. From my mother's womb, you drew me. My praise is always to you. I was an example for the multitude, but you were my strong shelter. My mouth will be filled with your praise all the days with your glory. Again, sounds so much like David. David was very young when he was anointed the next king of Israel. He was very young when he stood before Goliath and, and killed him with a shepherd's sling and stone. He wrote in a psalm about how the Lord formed him in his mother's womb and had, had designed his days and had written a book with all of his days in it. And so many other of his psalms were psalms of praise, continual praise from, from David. So it makes you think that the psalmist indeed is David. Not just that, but he was an example for the multitude. They, as we've, we have studied so many situations recently in the last months in the life of David, how his enemies had conspired and were telling lies and spreading falsehoods and doing terrible things to try to cause the people to lose their faith in David and to see David as a shyster or, or, or a con man or, or, or someone who was just out for himself. We've seen that most recently in the study of, of David. Here, however, if you look at it, he says, you were my strong shelter. And what you have done for me has made an example for the multitude. Again, it's just like what David had said in those recent Psalms that we've studied, there were indeed proclaimed to be a Psalm of David uh, within the Psalm. So verse eight, my mouth will be filled with your praise and all the days with your glory. This is something that David, for example, continually said in his life. My life will be a life of thanksgiving, gratitude, and praise, and a life in which every day will see your glory. Do not cast me away at the time of old age. When my strength fails, do not forsake me. 
For my enemies said of me and those who watched for my soul took counsel together, saying, Elohim has forsaken him, pursue and seize him, for there is no one to rescue. There is no rescuer. Now that is exactly what we have seen recently in the life of David. When his sword faltered in a particular battle and his men rushed to surround him when he was fighting uh, the brothers of Goliath, for example. And then they brought him back to counsel him and to tell him, you don't need to do this anymore. You are, you are the one who lights Israel up. And you, you are the one who is on display to let us know that we have hope in Yahweh for all that he has done for you and the covenant that he's made with you. You're a little too far along now to go out here and swing the sword the way that you've always done. You would better serve your people and your nation as king if you would stand back and be the leader and be the, the prayer warrior and be the sweet psalmist of Israel and to be the one who shepherds his people, you would serve us better if that's what you would do from now on. Now here, it sounds like exactly what was said uh, of the enemies that almost found the weakness of David on the battlefield. He's been forsaken, pursue him, seize him. No one is here to rescue him. Elohim, do not distance yourself from me. Elohim, my God, hasten to my assistance. That again, sounds like David. To, to encourage the Lord to be swift to his assistance. The adversaries of my soul will be shamed and will perish. Enwrapped in humiliation and disgrace, will be those who seek to harm me. Once they see that he has been delivered from all of his troubles and that his enemies are the ones who have suffered defeat, then the people will see that Yahweh is on his side. Again, reminds us of David. Yahweh will help me in the future. Third affirmation. As for me, I shall constantly hope and I shall add to all your praise. Each, each experience of victory, each escape from the darkness of the valley of death to emerge into a brighter, happier, greener pasture, every time that happens, we have a new song we can sing. We have a new verse we can add to the song. We have something new, something additional that we can add to our praise for God. Things that we'd never thought about before. It's difficult to praise God for things that you really haven't experienced. He says, my mouth will recite your righteousness all the days of your salvation, for I do not know their number. I cannot see how your righteousness extended to me and the days of salvation that you have given for me can ever be exhausted. They are without number. I am eternally saved. My righteousness in you, the righteousness you have imputed to me, 
This is, this is without end. It is ad infinitum. It cannot stop. It's always there. This is eternal life. I shall come with the mighty deeds of Adonai, of the Lord God. I shall mention your righteousness alone. I have no right. See, the psalmist is saying, now he's, he's, remember, he's older, he's weaker. And he can't claim any personal strength, especially spiritually, because it's not there. He doesn't have it. Naturally, then, in such a time, we can come with the mighty deeds of the Lord God and thus mention his righteousness alone. There is no other. We have no other righteousness. Only God can extend to, this, extend to us this righteousness. Elohim, you have taught me since my youth. And until now, I recite your wonders. An old man who was graciously taken from the womb of his mother and throughout his life, from childhood through youth into manhood, endowed with the spiritual realities of the Lord God that came upon him, the deliverance, the strength, the faith, the hope, the foresight, the gratitude, the, thank, the thanksgiving, and the new songs of praise every day for the new and better things that God has done for him. Here he is, and he says, I shall mention your righteousness alone, and only you have taught me these things. And until now, I recite your wonders. And even until old age and hoary hairs, gray-headed, Elohim, do not forsake me until I tell of your strength to the generation, to everyone who comes about your might. So now this, this old man standing on this wonderful experience of life that in every day has seen the glory of Yahweh in his life. In his old age, here's what he says. He says, don't forsake me, don't take me away until I have told this to the generation and to the generation who is coming, that I may share my testimony, that they may understand that I am nothing and that none of us are nothing without the power and righteousness of God in our lives. Verse 19, and your charity, your loving kindness, your, uh, your covenant love, Elohim, which is up to the heights. For you do great things, Elohim. Who is like you? Who could have delivered me? Who could have been so good to me? Who could have given such a wonderful life to me? Who could have filled me with thrill and joy and victory? Who is like you? That you showed me great and evil troubles. You will revive me again. And from the depths of the earth, 
You will again raise me up. I believe personally, there's a lot of commentary about that, but I believe that he's talking about death. Job said the same thing. The skin worms will destroy my flesh, but I'll, in my flesh, I will see my redeemer and I'll see him and not another. And I think this is something, this is my personal interpretation of the, this part of the, of the, of the verse that finally Yahweh will give him life after this life, eternal life, and bring him out from the depths of the earth to raise him up, a resurrection, if you will. You will increase my greatness and you will turn and comfort me. That's an interesting thought that Yahweh gives to his own a measure of greatness. We don't think about it. We have promises of rewards that would be given to us, but we don't, we don't think about it. I don't guess we do. Sit around and think, well, I wonder, I think I'm, I think I'm deserving of this one, and I know I did this, and so the New Testament says that there's this kind of reward, and that sort of describes it. We're going to do that. How in the world can we know? And when at last they're given to us, we just cast the crowns back because we acknowledge that we could have never lived that kind of life, nor could we have experienced any of those wonderful things or seen them accomplished through our lives except for the presence of Christ, the power of Christ. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. Here, he says, my greatness will be increased. Now that's, we could talk about the word there that uh, is used for greatness, but it speaks of the power of existence, the glorification of the saint in the resurrection, the glorified body. How will eternity have an effect on such a thing? Somehow, I believe this is what the psalmist is saying, Yahweh sees to it that we continue to grow in some kind of special way and that the essence of our lives continue, continues to expand in its greatness before the Lord, but it, it never stops. You know, the, the Bible says that in uh, Isaiah, there should be no end of the increase of his government. Well, that's an interesting statement that the Messiah will govern into the ages of the ages and the extent of his governing continues to grow. That'll be an interesting thing to watch as it develops in, in the new heaven and the new earth. What kind of effect does that have on us? Well, whatever it is, it's to the glory of God. Will increase my greatness. You will turn and comfort me. Fourth affirmation of the psalmist. Yahweh be praised for his help to me. I too shall thank you. And here we know that it's either David or a Levitical musician. I too shall thank you with a stringed instrument for your truth, Elohe, my God, 
I shall play music to you with a harp, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will sing praises when I play music to you, and my soul, my soul will sing, which you redeemed. Also, my tongue will utter your righteousness all the days. For those who seek my harm are shamed. Yes, for they are disgraced. In the final separation, of course, there's the new heaven and the new earth and there's the lake of fire. There are those who are the saints of God and there are those who are the enemies of God. And therein is the eternal separation. And those who have sought the shame and harm of the saints of God will be disgraced and shamed forever into the ages of the ages. A prayer from an old man that God would deliver him from the burden of old age. Let's pray together and we'll be through. Lord, how we love you and how we thank you for attending to our lives, for giving us your blessings, which we certainly don't deserve. How can we help but give you praise and honor and glory for the way you have attended to us and cared for us? Thank you for this psalm. Thank you that a, a prayer is made for someone who is in old age to reflect and even then to see the glory of God and the greatness of God that is yet to come in our lives. Thank you for your word, all of it. Teach us to hide, a, hide it in our hearts so that we won't sin against you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.